action roll brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. I'm your host, Ryan Blackburn at NBA Blackburn on Twitter. It is Wednesday night as I'm recording this. Oh man, oh boy, this is going to be a big episode. I am recording this following the biggest, the best, the most important win of the Nuggets season to date. And it comes in the final game before the All-Star break as the Nuggets absolutely swindle, steal, uh, just take away a win from the Golden State Warriors on the road with a Monte Morris buzzer beating three. Final score, 117-116. Oh man, where to even start on this one, right? Like this is just one of those games that you don't ever really fully know what you're going to have to talk about. Like I, I thought I knew what I was going to have to talk about for about three quarters for most of the time, where Denver loses the first quarter, loses the second quarter, wins the third quarter by one point. But then it feels like, okay, they've been down 16 points at previous times. They've kind of just floundered a little bit, not necessarily getting enough production from everybody. And last game before the break, you think, okay, maybe they'll just let this one go. Oh, no. Oh, no. Not even close. Uh, This game was fantastic for a number of reasons. But the biggest one, the most important one, is that they didn't quit. They had an opportunity. They had an opportunity to just not play, not uh, bust their butt all the way until the end of the game. But you get great performances from Nikola Jokic, Bryn Forbes, Austin Rivers off the bench, and enough juice from the rest of the starting lineup. And then a buzzer beater at the end of it. It's just one of those games where you're going to remember this one for a long, long time. And that when the Nuggets try to figure out what the what the key moment of their season was, it, it's been talked about as previous games. It's been talked about as uh, certain moments where you change the lineup. It was this one. This is the game to remember. This is the game to think about when you are trying to figure out, okay, how did Nikola Jokic win MVP? How did Nikola Jokic and the Denver Nuggets get to a top four seed in the playoffs? This is the game to remember. And we got to talk about the final play first. Like Denver, they've been holding on, trying to figure out how to stop the Warriors. They're struggling to stop them, but they're getting just enough stops, just enough plays that you can at least see uh, where this is going, and it's going to take a long march from this Nuggets team to get back, but they ultimately do, and they put themselves into position. Uh, I'll, t- I'll go the last three plays. Denver, they are down by one. Oh, no, they're down three um, with about 40 seconds left to go. And then they go into the post to Nikola Jokic to go get a two-for-one. He goes baseline. If I'm oh no, he uh, he posts up Kevon Looney, gets in, spins baseline, gets an easy layup. Then Steph Curry comes down the court, and he goes up against Monte Morris. Uh, actually, no, it was uh, Austin Rivers. And there was there was just a play where Steph Curry hit a step back three, 
or he didn't hit it. He missed it. And the ball careened all the way out to the three-point line again. And Monte Morris, after just being on the perimeter, finds himself with the ball in an uncontested lane all the way back to the opposing goal. And the Nuggets suddenly find themselves up one when they were in a situation where they were down three and decided, hey, we're just going to go for the two. We're going to see if we can get a stop. And lo and behold, it worked. They figured it out. But then Steph Curry, being the MVP that he is, the MVP caliber player that he is, not this year, but he still finds a way to make it go. Hits a bucket, gets the and one on a Monte Morris kind of brush foul with about six seconds left to go in the game. And he hits the free throw, which means the Nuggets are down two. They need a big bucket, two for the tie, three for the win. So who are you going to go to in that situation? Well, you're going to go to Nikola Jokic, who had 35 points, 17 rebounds, and 7 assists at that point. You're going to go to him, and you're going to have him make the final decision. He gets the ball on the cross-screen action uh, where he goes down to the left block, and he finds an opportunity to get into the middle of the paint, where Kevon Looney didn't really have anything for him. Jokic worked him all the way down. Got him to the front of the rim or close to it. It's kind of like the dotted line. And Steph Curry helps off of Monte Morris as Monte was cutting and then he relocated back out to the three point line. Steph takes his opportunity to try to double Nikola Jokic. And Jokic, being the passer that he is, the playmaker that he is, and the smart basketball player that he is, trusted his teammates made a no-look pass out to the perimeter to hit a wide-open Monte Morris for a three that he got off with about 0.2 seconds, and he hits it. Big moment for Monte Morris. Big, big moment. Who had come off of concussion protocols and had missed the last couple of games, missed the last three, I think, and you don't know how necessarily a team is going to react or how a player is going to react when they miss time. But Monte plays 32 minutes tonight, goes for 13 points, six assists, one turnover, four of six from the field, two of four from three. He was efficient, didn't necessarily shoot a whole heck of a lot, but he hit two big threes for Denver in the fourth quarter. The first one was off of a Jokic post-up where Jokic hits him, And the defense collapsed on Jokic. Nobody else rotated out to Monte, and he hits a three, forced a Golden State Warrior timeout before that. And then he hits the biggest shot of the night, of course. On the right wing, Monte hasn't had a lot of big Nuggets moments, like like impactful Nuggets plays that Nuggets fans can like pick out and remember as the game-winning, game-saving, game-defining play, you know? Most of the time, he's a good table setter. He's somebody who sets the table for Nikola Jokic, for Jamal Murray, for all of those guys. And he's been more than happy to do that. It's one of the things that makes him Mr. Nugget. But what Monte Morris has done this year as a three-point shooter deserves so much credit. On the season, let me just check this while I'm here because I want to make sure that this gets known. Monte Morris on the season is now shooting 
37.5% from three on a whole bunch of threes. He's made 84 threes on the year, tied with Nikola Jokic for the second most on the team behind Will Barton. And he's doing so as the starting point guard, the guy that anytime he's been healthy, anytime he's been available, Monte has been the starter. It's been no questions with Michael Malone. And Monte's played 52 games this year. Coming off of a knee surgery or a knee procedure in the offseason, he struggled a little bit to begin the year, stabilized and was having his best year for a while, slowed down just a little bit. But now you have this big moment, this career defining moment for Monte Morris. And it couldn't have happened to a better option for Denver, where he's been working his tail off for so long in the shadows as a backup point guard. Before that, he was the third string. He's had to grind his way out to as many opportunities as he possibly can. Earned a nice, solid backup point guard contract and became the starter with Jamal Murray out and has absolutely filled the void. There are three players on the Nuggets with a plus minus above 100. Actually, there's three Nuggets with a plus minus above 59. You've got Nikola Jokic at 367, Aaron Gordon at 251, and Monte Morris at 243. He has been integral to the Nuggets this year, and he absolutely deserves the credit that he's going to get. And he now gets to celebrate a massive moment in his career, a career-defining moment for a player that's was a two-way contract guy. Somebody who, like I said, had to grind everything out. Couldn't have happened to a better guy. Very, very cool. Really excited for Monte heading into this break. Nikola Jokic, as I mentioned, 35-17. Got that eighth assist on that big play. Unselfish play from Joker. He, throughout this game, and I'm going to talk about this in the second segment more, Uh, But he, throughout this game, carried the team through some really ugly moments, especially the starting unit. Monte, coming off of concussion protocol, wasn't necessarily wanting to uh, get too far into the weeds on like kind of destabilizing what the Nuggets had done with their starting group. But the other guys weren't really stepping up. So Monte found a couple opportunities there. But really, it was Jokic, where he had 15 rebounds in the first half, two in the second half. Not really sure how that happened, but sometimes it just does, uh, where other guys start to help out a little bit more on the glass. Denver wins the rebounding battle 48-38. to Really big factor in a game like this. Jokic obviously defines that. Had five turnovers, it is what it is, but the big thing here. You get 35 points, 13 of 24, 3 of 5 from 3, 6 of 9 from the free throw line. You can nitpick. You can say, hey, he missed three free throws. That's a pretty big deal. He had five turnovers. It's a pretty big deal. Missed a couple bunnies against Kevon Looney. But he made the shots that mattered. He made the, the bucket to get the two for one for Denver when they needed it, when they absolutely needed it. He buried Kevon Looney under the basket. Just a fantastic player and an MVP-defining moment once again. Three more guys that I want to talk about in this before we take a break. 
the closing lineup, guys. I'll start with Aaron Gordon, who, not necessarily the best game from Aaron. 10 points on 14 shots, 9 rebounds, 5 assists, 1 block. But he was a plus 2. And the reason why he was a plus 2 was his shots kind of came early in this game. And he wasn't great. 3 of 11, I'm pretty sure. I think it was 2 of 10 at one point. And so him being able to stay efficient in the fourth quarter, where he was on the receiving end of a couple of Jokic alley-oops in the dunker spot, that's a big deal. That's something that was very important. And then he also had nine rebounds, helped out Nikola on the glass, had five assists, was able to cut through on a key pass to Austin Rivers in the left corner. That was a really, really big play. And him being able to make that play while Nikola Jokic didn't have to, that's so important for this Nuggets team and for kind of finding the breathing room that Nikola Jokic needs in in games like these where he's carrying the load for most of it. So it's good that Aaron Gordon could make that play, could make a play for a teammate in the clutch in a situation where he had to. Two other guys, Austin Rivers, really, really impressive game from Austin in my opinion. People aren't going to look back at it that much, but I thought his first quarter and second quarter defense on Steph, on Clay, on Jordan Poole, kind of everybody in between, uh, Otto Porter, Andrew Wiggins, guys like that, he was Denver's defensive player of the game chain winner, and he absolutely deserved it. Deserved it. Just a really, really great game from Rivers, and you have to watch. Like You just have to with a guy like him. It's not always going to show up in the box score, though he did get two steals. It's not always going to show up in the shooting numbers. Like Steph still went 10 of 19, but he went one of seven from three, and Clay went three of 10 from three, and Jordan Poole only attempted four. Andrew Wiggins went four of 12, one of five from three. Like you had enough of these moments, enough of these plays where you can look at those and think, okay, MVP Andrew Wiggins had nine points tonight. Clay Thompson, 16 points on 15 shots. That had to come from somewhere. And I look at Austin Rivers there. I look at him and say, look, this guy has been, I think, bashed a lot of times when it comes to Denver's rotation decisions from fans. They don't necessarily want to see Austin Rivers, especially Faku fans and from Argentina. They think Austin Rivers is awful. He's not. And these are the games against Golden State that mean they just make so much of a difference. He was plus 10 tonight in a game the Nuggets won by one. He was great. And so was Bryn Forbes. 22 points, 8 of 12 from the field, 4 of 7 from 3, 2 of 2 from the line. Did get a steal as well. You're only ever going to have Bryn Forbes on the court to shoot, to make those plays, to space the floor and be an impactful scorer next to Nikola Jokic. And he's finding that chemistry. Uh, Bones found him a couple times. DeMarcus Cousins continues to find him. Jamichael Green loves to screen for him. Bryn Forbes really finding his rhythm with Denver. It took a little bit. Didn't necessarily look very good. But one of the things that you think about with shooters With guys like that that 
um, so much of it is wired into them where you're trying to be the best shooter that you can be. But so much of shooting is about the prep, especially in Denver system, where it's not just stand on the perimeter, Jokic will find you. It really is ball movement. It's player movement. It's trying to find the right angles, the right outlets. There are so many nuances to Denver's system. And Bryn Forbes is now picking those up. He's now figuring it out. He's figuring out the chemistry with all these guys. And you can see it in real time. Last game, he had that relocation three with Jamichael Green. This game had a lot of great moments moving off of Nikola Jokic, moving off of Bones Highland, moving off of DeMarcus Cousins. And those guys look for him. They know how good of a shooter he is. And it's just so important to have a guy like that, especially in a situation where Denver didn't have great production from their other starters tonight. They needed Bryn Forbes. And he had 22. He would have been the second leading scorer on the Warriors tonight behind Steph Curry. He was the second leading scorer for Denver. And it just goes to show, sometimes it just takes a game. Sometimes it just takes a matchup. You have to find the right buttons to push. And Michael Malone pushed the right buttons tonight. Really, really impressive from Michael Malone as well. Let's take a break. When we come back, I'm going to talk about the toughness and resiliency of Nikola Jokic. But first, Hoops fans, the latest offer from DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NBA, it's too good to pass up. I'm talking between the legs, 360, windmill, good. New customers, bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets if you win. It's that simple. And if you don't want to take advantage of that one, you can still take advantage of same-game parlays. It's the best way to combine multiple bets from the same game and get a bigger payout. You get all these creative props. Had it for the Super Bowl last week, and you can continue to have these in games like tonight, where I know that they have these player specials where sometimes you can combine Nikola Jokic points, rebounds, and assists like 35, 17, and 8. Oh, wow, he had that tonight. Well, if he has it, maybe they've got a special on there that says, oh, yeah, plus 600. I don't know if those were the actual numbers, but they have props like that that can absolutely give you the best bang for your buck. And if you find the right matchup, if you find the right parlay, you can absolutely win a whole heck of a lot of money. DraftKings, they're safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. So make sure to download DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code MHS. Bet just $1 on any team and get 150 in free bets if you win. That's promo code MHS. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NBA. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only, minimum five, a $5 deposit. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700.
And we're back. Pickaxe and roll. Ryan Blackburn here. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you could, it would be awesome if you could rate, review, and subscribe to the pod. Five stars on Apple Podcasts. That would be fantastic. It's free to do. It's it's free to download. There's nothing nothing that you have to pay for. Absolutely. So uh, just make sure to to reach out, share share it with you can, uh, share it if you can. Tell a friend. Uh, that would be fantastic as we continue to grow the program over here. All right. I preface this with, I am not going to just, uh, like, it, it's not just going to be all Nikola Jokic love. Like, this is, I, I know everybody's probably like, hey, Ryan, just just love on Nikola Jokic here. It's it's perfectly fine. Uh, look, he has his flaws, too. There, there's no doubt in my mind that Nikola Jokic would say he, he didn't play a perfect game. But there are very few very, very few players in the NBA that could watch what happened in the first three quarters, first two and a half quarters, and be like, oh yeah, we're, we're going for it. We're, we're definitely going to try to make this comeback. It was absurd how badly Denver started this game. Jokic kind of, he misplayed a couple balls, turned, turned it over just a little bit here, Aaron Gordon wasn't great. Will Barton was really, really bad. Uh, Jeff Green got posted up and then just just completely lost Gary Payton the second somehow on a post up when he doesn't shoot. Uh, it was a crazy, crazy game from Denver from an energy standpoint where it's pretty clear that they didn't have any for most of the time. And Jokic, through all of it, was an absolute trooper had 16 points and 15 rebounds in the first half alone. Uh, the like This is what happened in the last Golden State game, right? Where it was like an 87-85 game. Jokic was inefficient in that one, but he rebounded the hell out of the ball and made sure to get on the glass because that was the thing that he could do when things weren't working. And things weren't working. It was really, really bad. Jokic had it going individually. He made some threes. He got to the line. He was making his shots against Kevon Looney, too. But it wasn't enough. And Will Barton goes one of six for two points, three rebounds, zero assists, three turnovers. Just really, really bad Will Barton game. Didn't have it. Was not engaged. Jeff Green, five points, two rebounds, one steal. Uh, two of four from the field, a little bit more engaged, but not that much. And it's clear that like Denver was halfway to Cancun for a lot of this game. And Jokic kept them in it. Couple great plays by Bryn Forbes and some good play by the bench overall. That kept them in it too. But it still felt like it wasn't going to be enough. And it just doesn't matter because Jokic continues to deliver night in, night out. It didn't matter that he wasn't always going to get the calls, that he wasn't always going to make the right decision. Every single play tonight, Nikola Jokic was impactful and aggressive and doing his best to make a play. He wasn't going to sit aside and let this game fall away. This is one of those performances where you look back at it and think, yeah, this is why he wins an MVP. Because it wasn't him 
that made the shots, though he did, of course, set it up and, and set up a really nice pass. But it's one of those where he put Denver in position where they could have a comeback. Through all the rebounding, all of the playmaking for himself and others, those shots didn't always drop. But he was making the plays. And for him to just score through adversity and do everything in his power that he could to make up for some bad shooting performances and bad like turnovers from a lot of the team. Everybody turned the ball over tonight. Some guys turned it over multiple times. Yoke turned it over five times. He wasn't perfect. But you still push through. You got a soldier on. And that's the thing about Yoke that separates him from a guy like Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid and the Sixers lost by 48 to the Boston Celtics a couple nights ago. Or maybe it was last night. I don't I think it was last night, actually. 48 points. Joel Embiid was a minus 34. The lowest plus minus that Yoke has had this season is minus 17. He's been a double-digit negative plus minus three times. He's been a single-digit, or he's been a negative in the plus minus at all, 12 times this year out of 52 games. That is so low. That is just so low. And he continues to be impactful by what by Michael Malone said it best tonight, right? Where it doesn't matter whether he's scoring, whether he's rebounding, whether he's playmaking, whether he's making a game-saving block, he has found a way to be an impactful player every night. It might not be to the standard that he sets all the time. It might not be the most efficient shooting performance or the most like careful with the ball. Or maybe he gives up a couple backdoor cuts like he did to Jonathan Kaminga earlier tonight or to Gary Payton II, whatever. But through it all, he scored. Through it all, he rebounded. And tonight, made the biggest pass of the night by setting up Monte Morris for a wide open three. It's just so rare to have a player like this on your team. Very few players can say that they've ever reached this level before. And it's not that he has the 50-point performances all the time, or the 30-rebound performances, or the 15-assist performances all the time. But pretty much every game, you can count on at least 20, 10, and 5. Every single time. He leads the NBA in in double-doubles by a significant margin. He leads the NBA in triple-doubles by a significant margin. He has been reliable to a point that no other player in the NBA has been reliable for. You know that in the 34 to 36 minutes that Nikola Jokic is going to play every single night, he is going to be a positive. He is going to impact the game, and he's going to make life easier for the players around him. Bryn Forbes took advantage of that tonight. Austin Rivers took advantage of that tonight. Aaron Gordon, when he wasn't out on the perimeter, took advantage of that tonight. And we know that Monte Morris did. I don't know if Nikola Jokic is going to win MVP. I don't. I would vote for him. I don't have a vote. I'm going to credit him. I'm going to spout his praises. 
in this MVP debate as we continue to go down the wire. But when Giannis has a game like he had last night where he gets 50 points, it's sometimes hard to argue against somebody having a different opinion. I get it. But I know that through all the adversity that the Denver Nuggets have faced this year, without their two or two of their three best players, that Nikola Jokic is never going to complain, that he is never going to settle, that he is always going to bring it, and he's always going to put Denver into a position where if they have it, then they can win. And they had it tonight, or at least enough guys did. And Michael Malone found the right combinations to put Denver in great position. Really quickly on some other guys. DeMarcus Cousins moves to 8-0 in his tenure with the Denver Nuggets. Pretty, pretty impressive. Jamichael Green, not the best performance tonight, but still a pretty good one. Nine points tonight, two of five from the field, one of three from three, four of four from the line. He was a late defensive sub for Nikola Jokic uh, in this game a couple times. And the first time it worked, the second second time it didn't, but it wasn't because of him that it didn't. Uh, I like the idea from Malone. Like, I don't care if Yoke comes off the floor for a defensive sub, as long as they can get him back on the court, as long as he can come back in the game. Like, do not sub defensively like there were in the Portland Trailblazers games in the playoffs last year where Denver didn't have a timeout. That's bad. But if you have a timeout like Denver did, go to the length that you can to match up with the Warriors as best you can. I thought that Jermichael Green defensively was pretty good, especially in space tonight, which is surprising. That's not usually what you expect from him. Uh, Bones Highland had a really rough night, 2 of 11, 1 of 5 from 3, but he did have 5 assists and he turned the ball over once. There are a lot of reasons to think that maybe Denver should have gone with Faku tonight. But I tend to think that with the two bigs, with Austin Rivers not necessarily a three-point spacer all the time, uh, with Faku's lack of spacing, this was a time that you just needed Bones Highland out there to go through the lumps. He's never played Golden State before, if I'm not mistaken. I could be wrong about that, but I don't think he did in the last matchup. So he has an opportunity tonight where he gets to go out there, lead the team a little bit. The shooting obviously didn't go well, but he was just the guy in a lot of times, like everybody else, save for Jermichael Green, was at least 50% or above. Bones was the guy that you give the ball to to create a shot, and he had to create some shots, and it didn't go well tonight, but it doesn't mean it won't go well another night. So I tend to give him a pass. He's probably also tired. Like It wouldn't surprise me that the rookie wall is going to hit at some point. So all-star break comes at the right time. Um, Who else have I not? Like, I don't really, I don't want to berate Jeff Green and Will Barton for tonight. Like, it is what it is. It was really disappointing to watch them out there just like not be engaged. Um, it is the last game of the All-Star break before the All-Star break, so I'm just going to not talk about it again for right now. We we will see if they come back reinvigorated and energized 
after a week off. We will see. Um, let's take a break. When we come back, we are going to talk about going into the All-Star break on a high note. We'll be right back. Pickaxe and Roll final segment here. Thank you so much for tuning in. What a game. What, what a freaking game where not one you're supposed to win. Denver's been really bad against the sub, the plus 500 teams throughout the year. Uh, but t- of their 10 wins against plus 500 teams, two of them have come against the Golden State Warriors. How crazy is that? They just... Maybe, maybe the Chase Center curse is over. I don't know. That seems um, that seems like it could be a possibility, and that would be pretty cool. But we're just gonna have to see. Maybe this is the the punishment that the Warriors have is that for building that Chase Center and for what happened to Denver last year, they've built up such good karma that they'll never lose there again. That seems like a great call. Let's do that. That seems that seems pretty fun. Um. Okay. Let's talk about Denver. The Nuggets are 33 and 25 heading into the All-Star break. They've won three in a row. They've won five of their last six. They're 8-0 when they play a backup center. DeMarcus Cousins tonight. Uh, he tweeted out 8-0 as well, which I thought was pretty funny. Um, it's a real thing. Denver's bench their plus minus has been so much better ever since they've established that they they have an actual backup five. And there are going to be some matchups where it's not going to be great to have them out there. Uh, I thought that tonight's wasn't necessarily going to be a great one. Like I, I would have played Jamichael Green at the five. And honestly, I think Jamichael Green did a really nice job tonight too. So I don't know if I'd be wrong about that. But rather than match up with the Warriors, Denver went with their strengths. They went with a a player in DeMarcus Cousins who was going to be bigger than everybody else. They played Jamichael at the four, and they used a physical front line with that bench unit to match up and batter the Golden State Warriors front line. And it made a lot of sense. They were not necessarily great like protecting the three, and rotating and doing everything that they needed to get back in transition and whatnot. And the Warriors capitalized on some of those things. But Denver grabbed offensive rebounds tonight. They powered it into the lane. Did a lot of great things where they were able to free up some of their guards because they set some strong screens, because they were able to take advantage of the personnel that they had, just in a different way. So like, Nemanja Bielica for the Warriors. He played center for them tonight. 16 minutes was a minus four. Jonathan Kaminga, minus one. Otto Porter played a lot of minutes tonight and was really good. Minus four. Jordan Poole, a really solid bench player who, who, who has been starting for them when Clay was out. Minus two. Denver being able to have those guys be a minus is really, really impressive. And a lot of it has to come down to the way that they've played two bigs, the way that they've been able to have a true center in there at all times. 
and they're going to get killed in some areas, don't get me wrong. But they played a really good game tonight, a really fundamental game from a rim protection and rim prevention standpoint. The Warriors did a lot of good things. They still got to the rim at times. But so many of their shots, like they they were so good on long twos tonight that I think it kind of masked that Denver played really well. Denver didn't take a lot of long twos tonight. They were actually far worse on it than the Warriors were. They made like 10, 10 shots outside the paint, but inside the three-point line. That's a lot. And they attempted like 15. So they were really, really efficient from there. But Denver won the math game because they hit more threes, which is nuts. This Warriors team, 10 of 34 from the three-point line, 29% from three. Denver, 14 of 36, 39% from three. That's insane. Denver won the three-point battle against the Golden State Warriors without Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. and Zeke Naji, the leading three-point shooter in the NBA right now. All of Denver's bench players hit a three. Nikola Jokic hit three threes. Monte Morris, obviously, two big ones. Just a really, really impressive performance from the team that Denver had. Sometimes you worry about the team that you should have rather than just focusing on the team that you do. And Denver does have a good team. And the great news is that it's going to be fantastic when they have their full arsenal of weapons. They've basically, like, they've got a fleet right now of ships. And they're about to get a freaking F-16 on top of that with Jamal Murray and a laser cannon in Michael Porter. Those guys are coming back. Help is on the way. And they're going to join the MVP of the league at some point during the final 24 games of the season. This year has always been about survival. It's always been about how Denver can play and figure things out while Murray was out, and then it turned even to more of a survival game when Michael Porter went down, and then you had Monte go out for a little bit. You've had times where Bones Highland's been in health and safety, and Will Barton's had some uh, stops with the injury bug, and Nikola Jokic has missed seven games, and Denver's gone one in six in those games. God, Denver is a 32 and 20 when Nikola Jokic plays? 32 and 19, something like that. That's insane. They're figuring things out. They figure things out about their team. They figure things out about their bench. And some of those things are going to change when Murray and Porter do come back. But the hope is that the talent is so good that they're going to change for the better. It might not. You never know. I do think that Denver could be in for a culture shock at various points where you introduce somebody new to two very lethal shooters at various points. And it might be a little bit weird. But I do think that with the chemistry that this team has, that they've been able to display with Jokic leading the charge. There are going to be so many combinations that they can go to after the All-Star break 
that are going to make this team so much better. And 24 games left in the season? You never know. But it feels like Nikola Jokic really took the lead in the MVP race over the course of the last two games, with Embiid and the Sixers losing by 48 and the Nuggets beating the Warriors tonight. That might not have happened. It's very possible that people will take a longer view on the situation as they probably should. But if you take the long view, you got to include the first six weeks of the season where Nikola Jokic was unequivocally better than Joel Embiid and Giannis Antetokounmpo. I think he's going to win it. I do. I think that as Denver continues to push for the playoffs, as they continue to win games, the best way to win is to center things around Nikola Jokic so that he can make as many decisions as possible. And the decisions have often been so good and so correct that they generally benefit the team and they benefit Jokic's stats. 35, 17, and 8 tonight. And I don't know if it was a top five game. I don't. It's very possible that it wasn't. That's insane. That's insane. But he's making things happen. And it's really nice to see that he can get a a nice little break. He won't have to do too much at the All-Star game. He'll start. I'm sure that Joel Embiid is going to try to post him up a couple times. But they're going to go back and forth for a little bit before hopefully he sits and doesn't have to play too much. And then we're just going to have to see. Going to take a little break. But Denver's six games after the All-Star break are not exactly a murderer's row. You've got the Sacramento Kings twice, followed by, let me just check the schedule here, Sacramento Kings twice. You've got at Sacramento, home versus Sacramento, back-to-back at Portland, who are playing better. Uh, They're not a pushover. Then you've got Oklahoma City. You've got Houston. Then New Orleans. And then you finish that with a back-to-back against Golden State at home. And then after that, you've got a road game against Sacramento. And then you come back home again to play another back-to-back against Golden State. So Denver's going to be in a tough situation against the Warriors, where maybe Draymond's back. The Warriors are going to want some revenge. But Denver's proven that they have some matchups where you can beat that team. And they've proven that they've been good against the sub-500 teams. And you're going to play one, two, three, four, five, six games in a row against sub-500 teams. So if you go like five and one, and maybe you split the games against the Warriors and then win that Sacramento game in between, you could start this thing realistically like, what, seven and two? Seven and three, if you count the Toronto game on the end? Maybe eight and three. Denver's in a situation where they could really boost their record, where they can put themselves into a position where you ensure that after the All-Star break, you have Nikola Jokic in the MVP conversation. It's going to take a lot of work. It's going to take a lot of wins. But Denver can do it. They've got to stay focused. They've got to stay engaged. Hopefully the break does them well. 
I have faith. What a win. What a win for this team. What a performance for this team. Monte Morris was fantastic. Shout out Austin Rivers. Shout out Brent Forbes. But most of all, most of all, Nikola Jokic. Where would this city be without him? Where would this team be without him? No one knows. That is going to do it for this episode of Pickaxe and Roll. Brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. I will probably be back tomorrow. Uh, probably we'll have another conversation with somebody about the Nuggets, about the larger NBA. We'll definitely let you know. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Really appreciate all the love and support. Enjoy the All-Star break. It's going to be a lot of fun. Take some time off. I know I am. I bought some art. Going to do some great things. Thank you so much, everybody. Talk to you guys next week.